0: Welcome to Ways to Love Your Money, Season 5. I'm Elizabeth Dawson. We're so happy that you're here. Thanks for listening. We're going to have a great interview today with Mr. Stephen Goodman. You're not going to want to miss it. This is for business succession planning. This is for legacy planning. There's so much more. We really wanted to emphasize more on this subject of retirement, but I think that there's going to be a, you know, a little spin to it with our conversation. And we also want to congratulate women for Women's History Month and an emphasis on this. You know, when we talked to Steve, um, initially it was about, you know the, the traditional business owners today are mostly men. Obviously, I'm a business owner, I'm a woman, so we can't be more excited about empowering women to create that role because eventually one day you're going to be that, that business owner if you are part of that. So business succession planning, legacy planning, really for the higher net worth client is this interview. And we can't wait for us to have this interview in front of you with Steve. He's going to be a wealth of knowledge and just perspective, and procrastination is not the answer. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and no more wait. We have Mr. Stephen Goodman here with us, and you are not going to want to miss this interview. Stephen, thank you so much for being here. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what you do and really the impact of what you're doing for families and business owners in the succession planning world. Thank you.
1: Elizabeth, thank you for having me. Uh, my background uh, started out in public accounting. I'm a CPA. I work for one of the big firms, KPMG. Mm-hmm. I also work for JP Morgan in their private bank trust and investment division. I have my master's degree in finance. For 30 plus years, I have run my company, SHG Planning. And you know, basically, what I do is high-end, sophisticated business succession and estate planning. For high net worth individuals and ultra high net worth individuals, many of which own closely held family businesses.
0: You know that's that's a topic that most people don't necessarily hear about. Um, You have really hyper focused in an area where, you know, everyone needs help, but that area really needs help. Uh, I wanted to kind of maybe bring this portion into it as uh, uh, you know, a financial planner to a financial planner here. We now are kind of approached with uh, uh, potential estate tax law changes. So I'm sure you have some new ideas about how that might be structured. Um, What's been on your mind about that with your clients at this point?
1: Well, look, when, when you get involved with succession planning, there's an element of it that is geared to tax planning, but there's an element of it that has nothing to do with tax planning. So even if there were no estate taxes, or somebody's estate is at a level that there are no estate taxes. There are still some significant succession issues that people have to deal with. And if they don't deal with it properly, it's gonna cause a lot of issues in their family, both while they're alive and when they're no longer here. The, the estate tax side just makes it sometimes a little bit more complicated and difficult because there's a, a partner, besides the partners being the family, now you have a partner being the government.
0: Very well said. So what are some of the things that uh, families out there need to be thinking about, basically even for the transfer, the legacy transfer of wealth to the next generation? What are some of the big topics that you think that need to actually you know, be addressed and not just wait, you know, not just wait and procrastinate on?
1: Well, I'll try to answer it in a slightly different way. What I always tell people, there are two major reasons that I find people don't adequately plan. The first, as, as it relates to succession, the first is that entrepreneurs by their nature are go-getters and they're always putting out fires in their business every day. And to plan means to take time away from what they need to do today and, and place it in doing something that's gonna benefit their family in the future. And that's a very hard thing for entrepreneurs to deal with. And even if they actually start to plan, they generally will procrastinate and postpone meetings because they'll say, I can't meet with you today. Something came up, it's urgent. I'm meeting with my accountant, my banker. I'm having a problem with one of my customers. Uh, So keeping the momentum of planning very, very challenging with an entrepreneur. I'd say that's one of the two biggest reasons. The second biggest reason is a more emotional reason. And that is that as a business owner, I always give the example, you know, I have a couple of children, they happen to not be in my business, but all throughout life, I've had to tell them a million times how I love them the same, and I'm gonna treat them equally. and You know, they play you against each other, you know, as they're growing up, you know, whether it's who gets a lollipop, who gets a phone, who gets a car, who gets a TV. And then one day you wake up and you're 65 years old and you have this big business and you got two or three kids and maybe one of them's in the business and one or two of them are not in the business. And then you sit there and go, holy smokes. I told my kids all through life, I'm gonna treat them the same. But am I gonna really treat them the same? Am I gonna leave the business to my three kids when only one's in the business? And if I leave it to one, I don't have enough other assets to leave things to my other kids. And like somebody's gonna get pissed off. And if my kids don't get pissed off, their spouses are gonna get mad. And so a lot of times the business owner who generally is a man you know, in that 65, 70 age category today, it's changing, but today it's still mostly men that are running those businesses. The the father says, you know what? I don't wanna jeopardize a relationship with my kids and I don't wanna jeopardize a relationship with my grandchildren. So I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just not gonna address it. I'm gonna just let it go. And when I die, they'll kill each other. And the, the worst thing they could say is my dad was stupid and he didn't do planning. That rather than saying, oh, I can't believe my dad actually thought this thing out. And this is how he came up with a conclusion. And he never told us. And like now brothers and sisters are suing each other and they're not getting along. So that's really what I find is the two major reasons people don't plan the time and the emotional component. That was
0: incredibly well said because it's very true. Uh, The majority of business owners, even including myself, you know, I have two children and I was thinking, gosh, how am I going to deal with this? And I actually did some estate planning more recently to basically make sure that the business would continue. um, And uh, there wouldn't be any argument with my business in the event that I died uh, for for the benefit of our clients and, uh, you know, our resources that we've created. I didn't want my, you know, kids come and try and run the business, which, you know, every, every business owner, every entrepreneur always dreams about having their children run their business. Uh, doesn't usually always happen that way. I think you just mentioned that. So when you're talking to business owners or when you actually get their ear, uh, how do you get them to commit? How do you, how do you get them to basically make this a priority and, uh, not give you all the procrastination or the excuses not to come in?
1: I wish I could tell you that I'm always able to accomplish that, I'm, I'm not. You know, uh, no matter how much I have to offer, uh, some people just don't want to give it the time. What, what gives me a little bit of an advantage is generally unlike their accountant or their lawyer who have multiple roles to deal with, this is the thing I'm really brought in for so if I can't get them to do this, I don't really serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not worried about, oh, I don't wanna piss off the owner because I get paid $50,000 a year in fees as their accountant. So I'm just gonna let the owner do whatever he wants. I don't have any other roles. So I, I'm very good at you know, motivating people and saying, okay, here's an agenda for the next meeting. Let's put, every, let's put it on a calendar. And I'm not gonna say it always works, it doesn't. Sometimes the the business owner just doesn't wanna deal with it and they're busy and, and it never gets anywhere. But I'm very good most of the time of motivating somebody to kind of stay on point. Another comment to make, which you were raising before about children, is a lot of times one of the most important things I try to discuss with an entrepreneur is A, do you think your child is really equipped? Like, do they have the skills and the temperament to come into this business? And I also wanna ask the child, did they wanna come in and run this business? Because a lot of times, children are in a family business because either they feel obligated to come into the business or because they can't find themselves and they say, you know what? My dad's gonna pay me 150, 200 grand a year. I'm never gonna make that money working for somebody else. So, you know what? I'll work for my dad, you know, or my mom. So, a lot of times it's not really what should happen, but it kind of just happens.
0: Well, let's fast forward into kind of a successful, um, you know, planning process. Let's say your your business owner, the higher net worth individual, they are now committed. You're they're using you as an incredible tool, and now we're here at this place and we're in the planning place. Uh, they're thinking, is it more towards later in their career that they're starting to have these conversations more seriously because that's when they want to come and talk to you and then come into a, a game plan where they're actually evolving this into their estate plan and how to, how they're moving this now to the next generation. Tell us a little bit of a story that has been a success.
1: Well, look, <laughs> there's no question that the older one is, and the more friends or family they've seen deal with these issues, the easier it is to get the person to be motivated to have these conversations. The problem is that, and I'll give you a good example of a a, a big problem that I ran into and I've seen it multiple times. A lot of times once the child comes in the business, it's almost like dad says, well, I'm not really ready to do succession. I mean, I don't really know if my kid's going to stay in the business. I don't know if they're really equipped to run the business. I don't know if they really want to stay in the business. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times early on, people don't do planning. And I'll give you an example of what I what I've run into. I come in and I meet with you and I say, "Elizabeth, you know, you're sitting behind this nice big desk in this big building. Look like you have this really successful business." And I say, "You know, what percentage of the company do you own? And let's say you are 50 years old and you say, I don't own any of it. And and now I'm kind of thinking, I think I know where this is going, but I keep asking. So Elizabeth, who owns the business? Oh, my mother, she owns a hundred percent of the business. So now I kind of know what happened, but I keep going. So tell me what happened here, Elizabeth. Well, look, when I was 30 years old, I came into my business, into this business, my dad, you know, wasn't really focused on this. My dad died at 62 of a heart attack Mm -hmm. and he didn't do planning. His planning was if he dies, he leaves everything to my mother. And when she dies, everything goes to myself and my siblings. So dad died, this was like 20 years ago. I was only 30 years old when I was in the business and mom still owns the business. Mm -hmm. So Then I go a little further and I say, well, let me ask you a question. Um, How big was this business when dad died? Oh, it was like a $5 million business. How big of a business is it now? It's a $50 million business. So I'm assuming that you grew this business from five to 50 because dad wasn't here anymore. Is mom involved? No, mom doesn't even come into the office. She owns the stock. She's not involved at all. So you grew this business. Yes, I did. I go, so you do realize that when mom dies, the IRS isn't going to say, oh, well, because the son or daughter grew the business, you don't have to pay estate taxes on it. They're going to say, your mom owns it. So when she leaves it to someone, it's going to be worth 50 million. You got to pay estate taxes, even though you grew it. And then I say, just out of curiosity, you have two siblings, you told me, another brother and a a sister. Who gets along best with mom? Oh, clearly my sister. She gets along best. She takes care of my mom. She's closest with my sister's kids. Who gets along worst with mom? Oh, I do. Because I'm always fighting with mom over the business. I want to grow the business. Mom doesn't want me to take risks. I want to pay myself more. She doesn't want to pay me more. You know, we're constantly fighting. So I go, well, do you know what mom's plan is? When mom dies, does she leave it to you? He goes, I don't have any idea. Not only do I have no idea, I don't even use the same attorney as my mother because I think there's a conflict. She's never going to tell me. So I go, you realize when mom dies, she can leave this business to you and your two siblings and you're going to be a minority owner in a business that you grew. And he's like, yeah, I know that. Mom may not even give me any of it. He may leave it to my sister. You know, So, so it kind of gives you an example that, it's never too early to plan because even in a situation like that, where it it's understandable why somebody will not plan. There's always gotta be a plan. Now, maybe there dad could have had enough insurance for mom. So mom could have felt like, okay, I don't need to keep control of this business. You know, I was left enough money. I'm comfortable. Um, And as I always say, there's a difference between a mother and a wife and a widow. A widow acts differently than a mother or a wife does, because especially if she wasn't involved in the finances, she gets nervous. So if dad would have given her some liquidity, she may have felt more comfortable letting the son or daughter kind of grow the business and maybe pass the business to them. But that was her main asset. And she needed that income to feel comfortable, and thus she wanted to keep control.
0: Again, an, a very important point. Now, you know, uh, today, what we always talk about, and I'm sure this is something that you probably bring up too: the importance of, you know, if if the business owner is a man or the business owner is a woman, to explain this to their spouse and what they can expect from it. If they didn't do any planning, you know, this is where we have that. Uh, that situation where people just don't know. And like you just mentioned with this, this mom or the wife, um, she didn't really know, but the son grew it. And now the son's having a, a, you know, a difficult time, Uh, you know, running, well, he's grown the business, but he's having a difficult time. He doesn't even know where he stands in the business. And you mentioned something that I think is really important, you know, $50 million business. Now they go to sell it or now, now mom dies. And uh, what happens? I mean, we've got a big tax to, to deal with. And I think that's a big thing with family owned businesses. That they don't necessarily realize the big tax that's going to be due. And if they don't have enough liquid assets, they might have to do a fire sale of the business. The business could implode um, or or the estate could implode. So, so um, having these conversations, I think, with these higher net worth um, family businesses or business owners in general, I, I think is so important because maybe at one point the business wasn't making as much, but then it's going to continue to grow and be exponential like everything else. And a lot of wealth is built in these businesses. So did you come up with a solution? for this particular story. In that
1: particular case, unfortunately, since time had passed, you know, some of what could have been done can't be done anymore. In that particular case, I did have conversations with the mother and with the lawyers. And part of the issue there is I kind of got into that business through the son who, you know, through a friend of his. And the problem in that particular situation was it was hard for me to be trusted by the mother because I didn't get brought in by her. So I was really meeting with the wrong person in that particular case. I would have been better off having been brought in to meet the mom and her advisors than the son because he's not in control. And and because of how mom and the son relationship was that's an example where it didn't work you know like i'm not dealing with the right person if i was brought in to mom then what what ends up happening is okay what kind of discounts could we take on this business could we have voting and non-voting stock could we give away non-voting shares um to the son right now to try to Take a major discount either through gifting, through a grant, through a sale to a defective trust. Obviously, we don't have time to get into detail on all of these ideas. Then the question is, what else does mom have? You know, she has two other kids. You know, yes, the son deserves a lot because he grew the business, but she's not going to want to leave her other children with very little. So the question is, Mom, mom's assets—if fifty millions the business, the rest of her estate maybe is ten million dollars. There isn't enough other things to give the kids because there's going to be estate taxes when mom dies. Plus, she wants to leave something to the other children. So, a lot of times in these situations, life insurance is vital because it's it could provide liquidity to the son to pay taxes. And it also could provide money to the other kids to leave them something of substance so that mom doesn't feel like she didn't treat those kids. Fair, equal is never gonna happen, but fairly. You know, obviously there are other assets there that mom could be giving to the other children as a way to also try to even the playing field. But when it's so skewed towards one asset and, um, only one child's involved in the business, you're either gonna have to buy a lot of insurance or your other choice is you're gonna leave the business to your three kids. You're gonna give the voting stock to the child running the business. And then you've gotta put in some very, very stringent restrictions so that the child running the business can't totally take advantage of their siblings. You know, you want them to be able to make the business decisions. But if you're a subchapter S-Corp and a company's making $4 million of profit and I'm the son running the business, I could say, great, I'm just going to raise my salary to three or $4 million. And I'm going to pull all the profits out of the business. And my siblings who own two thirds of the business aren't going to get anything. So, you know, if you, if you're going to, you either have to give insurance and other assets to the other kids, or you're gonna have to tie them together. And if you tie them together, you're either gonna tie the hands of the one running the business because they're gonna be limited as to what they can do, or you're gonna give them that flexibility, but then you have to make sure that they can't totally take advantage and abuse their siblings because you as the parent decided you wanted to give those, your other kids, some of the business so that they could get some of the benefit of that business. So that's where it becomes a very, very, very difficult situation.
0: Well, you know, we're in a a situation here where we're running out of time, but what incredible advice. uh, Business owners out there, you're building something for profit. Uh, You're doing something to create uh, wealth, not only for yourself while you're building it, but then also the next generation, um, your surviving spouse, uh, your your children, your grandchildren. I always say at one point, it's always gonna be about the grandchildren. Uh, but if you procrastinate and you really don't think that these things are going to happen in your life or you're not communicating with your partner uh, about what the best strategies are, those procrastinations are gonna be the sacrifice of what you give up in the future. Um, So many times, you know, I've seen widows that they said, well, you know, my husband took care of this um, and I'm not going to change it. Well, there's so much that's changed and navigated through that. Uh, It's important to not procrastinate because the planning you do today will be the payoff in the future. You know, I love the fact that uh, Steve just brought in life insurance is a big tool and there's estate planning and all these different resources to be able to create this. But guess what? If you're not healthy, you can't get it. So when is the best time to do things like this when you don't think you need it and when you're young and when you're healthy? Um, I think incorporating whatever the business plan is for this family run business to succeed, to uh, be able to go into the next uh, generation. I think it's important for you to you know, seek advice, get good advice, and you know, if you want to hear from Steve here and you want to have ask some questions, these are this is a great conversation we're having. I think you need to seek him out, or you're welcome to come through us. But Steve, how can people get in touch with you? And I know you have a you know some books and some articles, and you're you're so well accomplished. It's an honor to have you on the show. But how can people reach you in the event that they are watching this and they're saying, "Gosh, I can't procrastinate anymore."
1: Well, thank you very much. But first off, if you go to stephengoodman.biz. You could download a free copy of a book I wrote on business succession planning. I think any business owner would get a tremendous amount out of it. It's not designed to be so sophisticated, it's more written for the business owner. Uh, you also can come to my website, uh, shgplanning.com. I've written about 70 articles on all different subjects that you could download. And uh, my email address is sgoodman at shgplanning.com. And in the covid era my cell is probably the easiest way to get me
0: 516-297-7390 Steve thank you so much we're going to take that advice too we're going to go and download those articles as well as you know get a copy of that book i think everyone else out there should do that too as part of this show we'll make sure you have a great link to that and you know we're we're just really honored to have you here. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge and expertise and the questions that people just don't take time to ask. Again, thank you. I hope you'll come back on the show. We want to continue to hear some more successful stories and also the pitfalls. So stay tuned. We'll be right back again. Thank you again, Steve. Thank you. Wow. We just had a great conversation with Steve Goodman. He is an amazing person, a CPA, a financial planner, but he's doing this for the higher net worth individual families. It doesn't mean we can't take that interpretation and bring it down to um, a higher, you know, a middle net worth uh, for the business owner. But it's it's pieces that you need to consider. Procrastinating on making decisions or thinking that one day it's going to happen is probably not the best business move on your part. So when we when we take into consideration what the importance of planning is, we've got to make the time. It needs to be a priority. You know, if you have a business and all of a sudden there's an unexpected event of an early death and now you don't have a plan, what happens to the business? What happens to the value of that business? Are there taxes that are going to have to be paid because of the net worth situations? Are there, you know, is there something that's going to go to the to the uh, surviving spouse if it's not documented? And do they even know how to run the business? Who's running the business? Who's creating the profit? Who's creating the actual cash flow and income? these are questions that you need to be asking i have talked to many business owners that this has happened to and you know spouse has passed now they're running the business they have no idea what to do then there's children there's grandchildren there's a legacy involved life is good now but boy things change especially with a family-owned business could estate taxes be a problem? And that is a hundred percent true. It could be multiple millions of dollars, and you're not if you're not prepared. That business is going to be suffering, and that business might actually have to be sold just to be able to pay the taxes. I've seen this with farmland families. I've seen this with you know uh, family limited partnerships, all kinds of things. So take this to heart. We do have a question that we want to actually ask from the audience. And it says, my partner and I do not agree on money decisions regarding investments or retirement. How should we move forward in our relationship and financial lives? That is a loaded question. Because if you're going to break it down to you and your spouse or you and your partner that way in the personal lives, uh, there's a lot of different ideas of what to do. But if it's your partner in a business relationship, that can be catastrophic. It depends on how you own the business and what you're going to do. But if you have a 50-50 equal ownership, that could probably poise as a difficult you know, situation because how are you going to grow the business? How are you going to create wealth? What are you going to do? If it breaks down to an individual situation, well, this business owner, if it's his own individual thing, or this business owner, it's her own individual thing. You can decide what you want to do for those business convers, you know, those investments and in business conversations. But um, I think all too much with partnerships, you got to be on the same place, you got to be on the same page, you got to be thinking and talking and communicating, and it's a team effort to be able to make your business a success. Entrepreneurial spirit is about success. It's about creating wealth, building that business, and then eventually one day you sell it if you're very lucky to do so. But sometimes that's not always how the plan works out. This is time to seek out a financial professional. If you need to see Steve, if you wanna talk to us and go through us, we can coordinate, we can actually help get get the connections down. Um, But this is time to take things serious. Uh, There's one piece I want to just point out. Last year, uh, early last year in 2020, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. It was very sad, very unfortunate. I believe from what I've researched, he did planning, but he was a young man. Most young people, they have a very successful business or entity or whatever their structure is. They don't necessarily plan for those types of events because they're not thinking it's going to happen right now. So don't wait until you're in your 60s to be able to start doing this planning. And by all means, if you're in your 60s and you haven't done this planning, do it anyway. Uh, do it right now. But you know, if you're in your 40s, 50s, and it's going like gangbusters, this is the time to consider this because it's only going to be exponential from here. That business is only going to be more successful. The net worth of that family is only going to be larger. And you want to be able to treat your family members equally or your grandchildren, whatever it might be. But just know Life is guaranteed to change. Law is guaranteed to change. Taxes are guaranteed to change. But there's always something that we need to focus on. What's the most important place and to create liquidity so people can make decisions. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you will take this as a a non-procrastination conversation and get in charge of your business and control. Run your business for profit, true profit, and run your personal lives for profit as well. It's time to get in touch with us. 619-640-2622. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know how we can help. And again, put your comments below. We would love to hear what you have to say about this. Take care. We'll be back again soon.